Well, welcome back as we continue to uh, meditate a little bit on the topic uh, of making our one and only life count. And uh, I don't mean to be morbid, but I do have a question for you. And the question is, what do you want people to say at your funeral? I know what I want. I want people to uh, look into the casket and say, wow. So that's what it looks like when a guy lives to be 140 years old. Um, I don't think I'll, you know, probably won't live to 140. Uh, You definitely won't. Uh, But it's important to kind of think about because uh, life is short. So we need to make it count. And just like you had a first day of life on this planet, you will have a last day on this planet. And then a few days later, there'll be a service. And I'm asking you, what do you want people to say at your funeral? I think it's important to kind of uh, reflect on this a little bit because it reveals what it means to make it count. If you're honest, I think your answer for what you want people to say will uh, reflect the timeless truth that goes something like this. In the end, My life is measured not by the degree I make a name for myself, but the degree I make a positive impact in others. You know, I've been involved in scores upon scores of funerals, and some of these services just scream with joy because we're honoring someone who made it count. On the other hand, I've also been part of services that just scream despair and agony because we're remembering Someone who is kind of hollow of meaning and significance. And these hollow remembrances were of people who did nothing but make a name for themselves. I've done services for people who had a degree of celebrity, who were very wealthy, uh, who held positions of power, who were you know, accomplished, maybe experts in their field. But then when it came to their relationships, when it came to this person's relationships, what a tangled mess of ex-spouses and neglected sons and angry daughters and a a parade of shallow friendships and relationships. I've actually been part of sad funerals where the eulogy is just a list of accomplishments and achievements. And then there's an open mic and people are given the opportunity to say something uh, about the departed and nobody wants to say anything. Nobody has anything to say, except maybe who come, somebody who comes up and says, well, he was in the office before I came in, and he was there when I left. Or, you know, I could never keep up with her drinking ability. Uh, she really knew how to party. Well, making a name for themselves. How sad. But on the other hand, I've been part of services that have just screamed with joy because the room is full filled, crammed with people who can't stop talking about the departed and saying things like, uh, he changed my life. She taught me about Jesus. You know, he reached out to me and turned my life around. She gave me hope when I was at an end. Uh, He led me to Christ just by the way he lived. Dad is my hero. Mom, she held us all together. All of us are here because he touched us and brought joy into our lives. What a life of impact. So what do you want? What do you want said at your funeral? Making it count 
is not about being famous or rich or powerful or getting degrees or accomplishments in a field. Uh, That's not what life is all about. It's people. What makes it count is making an impact in others. And this is a truth that is at the very center of Jesus' teaching. Making it count is about relationships. Which brings us to the Gospel of Luke, chapter 10. You might want to follow along in your Bible or your device, uh, where Jesus agrees that making life count comes down to relationships. So in Luke chapter 10, a guy comes up to Jesus and he asks Jesus how to make life count. And so Jesus asks him a question in return. Well, what does God say in the scripture? And then Jesus agrees when the man quotes this from the Bible in Luke chapter 10. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your strength and with all your mind and love your neighbor as yourself. So here Jesus teaches that making life count comes down to relationships, loving God and loving my neighbor. And then that leads to the follow-up question from this man who says, Jesus, what do you mean by loving my neighbor? And in response, Jesus relates this famous story. A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he was attacked by robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road, and when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So to a Levite, when he came to the place and saw the man, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was, and when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he put the man on his own donkey, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. The next day, he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, and when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. So through this good, um, good Samaritan story, Jesus teaches me how to make my life count by making a positive impact in others. First, Jesus teaches me to start nearby. Nearby. That's what the word neighbor means. And so Jesus doesn't say, love the world. That's just way too vague to have any kind of meaning to it. So instead, Jesus says, love your nearby. Love your neighbor. Love the person you live with. Love the person you spend time with, you see on a daily or weekly basis. Through the Good Samaritan, Jesus is teaching what it means to love your neighbor. And Jesus makes it clear, love that he's talking about is not just some vague, uh, happy feeling or positive feeling toward people. Love is about making a positive impact on specific people through specific acts of compassion. So if I want to make an impact, I need to get specific, which means starting off with a list. Now you can do this on a mental level, but I think there's actually a lot of power to actually writing this down in black and white. I'm saying make a list of your nearbys, starting with the people you live with, then your extended family, and then 
those people you see on a weekly or a daily basis. And don't roll your eyes like this is infinite list. It's going on. No. Very few of us have more than 25 nearbys. 25 people that we see on a daily or weekly basis. So uh, get that list down. And then once you have that list, go name by name and then stop. Stop and think about that person. Think about that person's current uh, events and those things that maybe point to the need of that person and what that person has as a need in their life right now. So you think of your spouse and how your spouse is going through an intense job stress. Or you think about your young relative, a nephew or a niece who has just recently lost a parent through uh, divorce or um, you know, through death. You think about a co-worker who's going through a divorce. You think about your neighbor who lives across the street and how they're going through a family health crisis. And after you've thought through these needs on uh, uh, on the name-by-name uh, basis on your nearby list, now you're ready to go to where the magic really happens here. Uh, this is where you need to go to your bulletin. Take a, take a look at your uh, bulletin. On the back, uh, right beneath a blurb on giving back to God at BlackRock, there's a grid. Uh, just take a look at this grid because uh, this is really important when it comes to learning to make an impact. Uh, what you want to do is out of that list of nearbys, pick four names, four names and put them on the far left side of the grid. Then in the middle, next to that name, suggest the need that person is experiencing right now. And then here's the most important part. On the far right of the grid, next to that need, that person's name and need, you write your need meeting act, which is your specific act that shows compassion to your nearby. So for your stressed out spouse, uh, maybe you are uh, picking up a specific chore uh, that is that your spouse is going to be so thankful that you took in hand. Or for that young relative, uh, you're going to take the, that relative to a game or a movie so you can just have an opportunity to talk. Uh, for your coworker going through a divorce, you're going to extend an invitation to church and maybe to lunch uh, afterwards. And for your neighbor family in crisis, you're going to determine to send a note and maybe leave a meal. So this grid gets to the heart of what it means to make an impact. Making an impact is not a general willingness to be a loving person. No, it's Getting specific about specific acts of compassion done for specific people, starting with your specific nearbys. Next, the Good Samaritan story teaches me to look for daily opportunities. Uh, Making an impact starts with my nearby. But it can't end there, right? Uh, The Good Samaritan was good because as he was going down the road of life, he saw an opportunity to impact the life of a stranger, someone he had never met before. If I want a life that counts, I need to have my eyes open for these opportunities along the road of life. But not just my physical eyes. Now, keep in mind, Jesus tells this story, right? And what does he say? He says that the priest saw the wounded man. 
The Levite saw the wounded man with physical eyes. But the Samaritan saw the wounded man, not just with his physical eyes. The Samaritan saw the wounded man through God's eyes. God's view. God's compassion for this uh, man. So that the Samaritan saw his opportunity to make an impact. I had an experience a while ago. I was... uh, Driving home, uh, it was late at night, and I uh, passed by uh, a diner. And there in the kind of the neon light of the sign of the diner, I could see a man standing outside the diner. And as I was uh, going by, I sensed God saying to me, go talk to that guy who's standing outside the diner. And I wasn't sure. It wasn't an audible voice. It was just kind of a gentle impression and I was so gentle I was like God is that you uh, or is that just me uh, and I need to know God because I don't want to do this and uh, I thought you know it probably isn't just me because when I have those kinds of you know, those kind of impressions it's just me it it usually isn't something inconvenient uh, I'm famous for those kind of thoughts like why don't you stop in the diner and have some pie that's, that's the kind of, those are the kind of impressions that I get. Not inconvenient thoughts like, why don't you stop at the diner and talk to the scary looking guy outside. So unfortunately by this point, I was past the diner and so I got it again. Go, go talk to the guy outside the diner. So I turned around, went back and uh, parked, got out of the car and slowly started walking up to this gentleman and said, how are you? And he said, I'm alone. And I could tell he had an accent. And he went on to say, yeah, I was waiting for somebody and they're not going to show up, apparently. And he told me that he was an international student and he was studying nearby. And uh, then he asked me what I did. And I said, well, I'm a pastor. I teach in a church uh, just up the road. And he said, oh, so you believe in Jesus. And he went on and said, I've been hoping to meet a believer in Jesus because I could never become a Christian unless I had some questions answered. So bottom line, I was right. There was pie in that diner. And uh, (laughs) my friend and I had a lot of it that night. uh, And I was able to answer some of his questions. And it was just really exciting. It's exciting to feel as though you're part of making an impact in the life of a, of a person in a new friend God really loved and wanted to have a relationship with. And it all began, began when I saw this guy, not just with my physical eyes, but because God kept nudging me, I was able to see this guy with God's eyes, God's eyes of love and compassion. And this is a dramatic example of something that has to happen, I think, on a on a lower level all the time in my life if I want to have a life that counts. I need to be able to go through my life seeing opportunities, not just with my physical eyes, but with the eyes of God, you know. And and that can happen anywhere along the road of life, you know, a conversation just in the waiting room of a doctor's office or in an airplane or at at a dinner party. I need to go through my life going down the road with my eyes open looking for an opportunity to stop and impact someone's life. 
Now, next to the Good Samaritan, Jesus teaches me to move in where others are moving away. Like I said, the priest saw, the Levite saw, but what'd they do? They went on the other side of the road. They couldn't wait to get away from this uh, problem of pain. What made the Samaritan a person of impact is that he chose to move in where others were moving away. Uh, The surest way for you to find a place of impact is for you to move in where others are moving away. Uh, Let's say you're a student. Uh, there's a kid who is uh, bullied in your school. If, you're, uh, if you really want to have a life of popularity, well, then you're going to make sure that you stay as far away from this kid as possible. But if you want to make uh, your life a life of impact, you're going to move in where others are moving away. And you are going to sit with this kid at lunch, and you're going to make an impact. You know, maybe there's someone in your work who is alone because he speaks very broken English. Or maybe you have a co-worker uh, who's been diagnosed with a terminal illness or who has lost a child, and people just move away because they don't know what to say. You are going to have a life of impact because you're going to move in to those areas where people are moving away. You're going to move toward pain and difficulty with compassionate acts that really make a difference. Uh, this week I was reminded of our uh, boys club meets here on Monday nights and how uh, on a Monday night about seven years ago, a mom came in here and she was in tears as she brought her seven-year-old son and pulled aside one of the adult leaders in the boys club and said that her son had no father and her son was angry and destructive and no one would help him. And she said she's not a churchgoer, but she needs a miracle. And she was just weeping about it. And well, one of the boys club adult leaders put his arm around uh, little Tim and very soon found out that his mom was right, that he was so angry and so destructive that uh, when little Tim was in his small group, which is part of the boys club, uh, all the other boys in his small group uh, over the weeks, because Tim was so angry and so destructive, all those boys just left and just kind of left the boys club. But... This adult leader decided to move in where everyone had and was moving out and away from Tim. He started taking Tim to breakfast. And uh, every Saturday, uh, he would sit down with Tim. And over pancakes, Tim was able to share and open up about the fact that he was being bullied every day at school. And then this adult leader was able to teach Tim how to pray and prayed for Tim and gave him some coping tools and eventually... God did a miracle in this boy. Tim gave his life to Jesus, and then Tim did something really amazing. He got on the phone, and he called those boys who were part of his small group who had now left, and he told them that his life had been changed by God. And would they come back? Would they come back to Boys Club? Well, they did. And now seven years later, Tim is now a leader in our Boys Club and moves in to help other young boys meet God and overcome their anger and destructive bitterness. You can do this. You can make an impact by moving in where other people are moving away. 
Next, I make an impact when I help someone shine. Uh, the beautiful thing about the Good Samaritan is that he was not only willing to do a single act of rescue, but then he was committed to nurturing this wounded man to complete health. The Samaritan brought the man to the inn uh, and at his personal expense made a longer term commitment so that the man could eventually become the best that he could be. Meeting a stranger for pie is great. But if I really want my life to have impact, then these single-shot opportunities need to be balanced with my commitment to make a difference in the context of longer-term relationships. If I want my life to count, I must be willing to invest in relationships with people who are younger than me or maybe who have less experience than me in in walking with God, or uh, I can just be available to someone on a friendship basis so that I can help them to be the best that that they can be. There is nothing better than making your life count by making an impact by helping someone to shine. I remember seeing an example of this, of all things, on the evening news. And even though I saw it over a year ago, it made an impact on me. It really struck me. And we'll take a look. Greece Athena High School in Rochester, New York, has a new, most unlikely hero, a special ed student by the name of Jason McElwain. Let's keep it going. Jason is the basketball team manager. For the past couple years, he's been assisting Coach Jim Johnson, helping with whatever the team needs. and go! Get him motivated and uh, hand out water and just be enthusiastic. Enthusiastic, to say the least. Despite being born with autism, Jason's father says his son has never had a problem expressing himself at basketball games. You know, I was always concerned that he might get a technical and they lose a game because he, you know, start yelling or whatever. Let's have a hard practice tomorrow, all hour and a half, and let's get ready for Arcadia. Yeah, okay. Let's go. One, two, three, two. Because he has been so devoted to the team. For the last game of the season, Coach Johnson decided to let Jason actually suit up. Not to play necessarily, just to let him feel what it's like to wear a jersey. At least that was the plan. But with four minutes to go in last week's game, Coach Johnson stood up and pointed to number 52, Jason McElwain. After years of fetching water and toweling off other people's sweat, Jason was actually in a game. His first shot was a 20-footer from the right baseline. Was it close? Did you almost make it? I just airballed it. (laughs) I'm like, just, dear God, please, let's just get him a basket. His second shot missed, too, but the third was a charm. A three-point no-doubter. And Jason wasn't done yet. Not by a long shot. If I wasn't there to witness it, I wouldn't have believed it, you know. You caught fire. I just caught fire. I was hot as a pistol. Jason ended up shooting six three-pointers. One right after the other. He had 20 points total. And each time a shot went in, his teammates and the crowd went a little crazier. His last basket, right at the buzzer, created total mayhem because he is autistic Jason says he's used to feeling different but never this different never this wonderful Steve Hartman 
CBS News, Rochester, New York. Are you inspired by that? Yeah. I don't, I don't see anybody who could uh, see that and not be inspired. You know why? Because I think God has created us so that we want to make our, our lives count by helping at least one person shine. And uh, obviously the people in the stands wanted Jason to shine. Uh, the teammates who kept feeding in the ball, they wanted him to shine. But it all began with a coach. It began with a coach who helped teach uh, Jason how to shoot and spend some time with him there, but also believed in him enough to put him in the game. And if you want to make an impact, you need to be a coach to at least one person. To somebody, you need to be a coach and help them shine. You know, you could do this at home. If you're a mom or you're a dad or a grandparent, you can be that one who believes and helps that person to shine, that child to shine. Or maybe you are a child yourself. That's okay. If you've got a younger brother or a younger sister, you can be that one who believes in them and helps them to shine. But, you know, some of your best opportunities to be a coach are right here at church. When you serve as a Sunday school teacher, when you are a youth leader or a student ministry leader here at church, you get the opportunity to come along someone, put your arm around them, and help them shine. I just told you the story of how one of the boys club adult leaders coached Tim, and how Tim now is coaching other kids and helping them to shine. I could tell you many more stories of how our adult leaders in junior high and senior high are making a difference and making their lives full of impact just because they're having a friendship with someone and they, uh, they care for this student. They care enough and they stick around long enough in a, in a little bit of a commitment of a relationship to help someone shine. If you want your life to count, you need to put yourself in the place where you can be a coach to at least just one. One person you can help to shine. Finally, through the Good Samaritan, Jesus is calling you to let God increase your impact. Making your life count is all about relationships, starting with your relationship with God. God wants your life to count, and God is on your side when it comes to making an impact in relationships. As you fill out the grid on the back of your bulletin, God wants to be there with you, giving you insight into the name, need, need meeting act. Name, need, need meeting act. God wants to be there to make that the rhythm, internal rhythm of your life so that you can make an impact. God wants to give you eyes so that you can see with His eyes the, the opportunities around you day after day to make an impact. God wants to give you the strength to move in where other people are moving away. God wants to give you the experience of being coached by him. Jesus wants to coach you so that you can be a coach and help someone shine. Talk to God about this and let God increase your impact so that by the last day,
of your life. You're not remembered for how you made a name for yourself. But you're remembered. You're remembered. You're remembered forever because of the eternal impact you've made in others. Would you please stand now? We have some men and some women up here in the front who are willing to uh, pray with you here as we uh, close. So if you'd like to maybe bring a relationship forward that they could pray uh, into, let them do that in just a few seconds. Uh, That might change everything. But just before we go, uh, I'd like to give you the opportunity to just respond to God because God's on your side on this and he wants to increase your impact. He wants your life to count. So why don't you just respond to him, maybe thinking through the grid, maybe thinking through um, your desire to have your eyes open to opportunities you've never seen before or you want God to inspire you with the name of someone you can help shine in in, uh in your contact list. So uh, would you just uh, maybe spend a moment just listening to God or responding to God as you see fit in the quiet here. God, thank you that as we saw that clip and we saw the uh, crowd erupting and, and racing out onto the, onto the floor, we're also uh, reminded of another day. Not only the the last day of our lives, but the first day when we enter into eternity. Lord, we pray that that would be a moment of celebration when we see you face to face and we have the experience of uh, having you say, well done. You've lived a life that counts. You've made an impact, a positive impact in the lives of others. Lord, would you inspire us with the contemplation of that day? in a way that changes every other day we live. We pray it in your name, Jesus. All God's people said, Amen. Amen. See you next time.